1: Hello, friends, and welcome to the most powerful podcast ever created—the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast, starring me, Dags. Today we have a powerful episode, and as always, the powerful assistant manager, Mike Rez.
0: Hey, what's up, Dags? What's going on, Flock? I hope everybody had a great week. Nothing too interesting happening, so we're uh, we're we're glad you decided to listen. To the amish baby machine pop culture podcast
1: yes we love everyone that listens and as always we ask you one thing please tell a friend about our powerful podcast now mike arez we got more exciting news we have more movies to give away
0: oh my god more movies can't wait
1: isn't it amazing though what other podcast? what other form of entertainment gives away this many movies come on
0: there isn't any out there actually that gives away this amount of movies it's uh it's mind-boggling and astonishing and the most wonderful thing on the planet all at the same time.
1: Astonishing. That's a cool comic book phrase. Astonishing. Yes. Do you know which superhero was astonishing? So let me, uh, uh, so which, Give me a hint. I'll give you an easy one. Which superhero was incredible?
0: Uh, was that, uh, oh, God damn, uh, Magnificent or Fantastic Four? Is that? Uh...
1: No. That's an alliteration. Fantastic (laughs) Four. How about amazing?
0: Amazing. No, you're going to just have to tell me this is embarrassing.
1: Oh, my God. Are you really this dumb or is this a powerful character you're doing for the most powerful podcast ever created?
0: I can't confirm nor deny my comic book. What do they call it? Atriman?
1: Yes. Accoutrement.
0: Yes. Um,
1: The Astonishing Ant-Man, the Amazing Spider-Man, the Incredible Hulk.
0: Wait, the Astonishing Ant-Man, that was his name?
1: He's very astonishing. Oh. The Uncanny X-Men.
0: Why do they have to give names to him like that?
1: Because you need that. You need big, bombastic words. (laughs) and You need alliterations like Blundering, Buffoon, and Powerful. Hmm.
0: Yes. Do you like saying alliteration or thinking about alliteration more?
1: I like just throwing it out there. I like to litter with my alliterations. Oh, man. Yes. Powerful. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the most powerful podcast ever created, the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast, starring me, Dags, and Micah Rez. Now, Micah Rez, you are enjoying a beverage tonight, aren't you? Is that why you're I so am. slow? or you're, <laughs> Does that make you slower or more high-witted, dim-witted? Where are you in your wits scale? Where are your wits?
0: As far as, like, actually, like, reaction speed, I'm probably slower. Wittiness, that's uh, yet to be determined, I guess, as we go along.
1: Yes, uh, we have more movies to give away. More movies. We have five more copies coming up of a powerful movie. I'm not going to tell you the title yet. You need to follow us on Twitter, at Amish Machine, to keep up with the latest. Five copies. It's going to be R-rated. And it's going to be a cool war movie.
0: Yes. Action movies war yes.
1: movies we're not I gonna bet you there'll
0: be an explosion or two in it. yes
1: we're not gonna give you those watered down pg-13s no pg-13s here r-rated baby
0: what if we ever do give away a pg-13 the flock is gonna have to try to call us on it and if they yeah. find out
1: <laughs> we might have already done it i don't know i don't look back like boston don't look back nice sodom and gomorrah don't look back just keep going just keep heading Keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. <laughs> now, Mike Rez, did you yes. see the ads or any of the trailers for uh, WandaVision? You know what that is?
0: Yeah, yeah, I have seen those. I, I Every time I, I see one, it, I don't know what that show is about other than some weird, campy 50s sitcom that wants to be an action movie at the same time.
1: Yeah, I don't know what kind of weird promise that's what they're going for. But it is uh, Wanda, the Scarlet Witch, and Vision from the Avengers. Now, this apparently takes place after that last Avengers movie. So, was Vision, was he reborn, recreated, rebooted? What's going on? I don't know.
0: Yeah, and if, if he was, how come they waited till after Endgame? They could have used him. I know. In that battle. <laughs> Somebody didn't figure that out quick enough, I guess, but yeah I don't know we're gonna i'm we're gonna wait and see. I'm actually kinda curious to see how much or how much it isn't a train wreck
1: yeah I mean it's a weird premise they apparently they're hiding out in the suburbs trying to <laughs> act like normal people
0: in nineteen
1: fifty and then and I, you know all I can think of is it is it you know it's going through all the television tropes like that you know that kind of leave it to beaver black and white uh-huh. kind of uh bewitched i don't know if it's going for that bewitched vibe or what
0: well it would have to if she's a witch right
1: yes exactly twinkle her
0: nose i bet we get a, a nose twinkle from her in the oh, first do you, episode well there's
1: got to be a lot of uh tongue-in-cheek you know references to bewitched and all those awesome classic tv shows but you know darren i don't know if the vision is going to be able <laughs> to be as powerfully comedic <laughs> as darren
0: which one wasn't there two no there's
1: only one Dick York. <laughs> uh, they tried to you add... You like your dick. I do. I like the original dick. I don't like any uh, copycat dick. Like Dick Sargent, even though it is a cool name. Sergeant <laughs> Dick. But they tried to add Dick Sargent to it, and we weren't ready for that. We want the original Dick York.
0: Yeah, nobody was ready for Dick Sargent.
1: No. So, Mike Rez, last week we forgot to do your powerful beer review. We did. Now that We're not ha- going to lay blame no, on anyone. No. Now that you're half in the bag, tell us about your powerful <laughs> review, the latest beer beverage you enjoyed.
0: All right. Well, the beer that I enjoyed, uh, I guess it'd be a couple of weeks ago now, is the Level 92 from Cowena Brewing Company in Houghton, Michigan. It is a black IPA or Cascadian Dark Ale, depending on how you want to Classify it depending on how much of a beer nerd you are, uh, but it is 9.2 uh, percent alcohol. Dags,
1: uh, that's so, a lot of booze. <laughs> uh,
0: one can was quite enough for me, um, but I didn't stop at one can. Of course, I had more after that. Uh, so that was uh, that's
1: uncanny. A little kick
0: in the ass. Uncanny. Yes. The IBUs for this IPA is uh, 57. And we both know that the higher you go, the more bitter it tastes. But I think that's a little misnomer. People are going to see that IBU and be like, disgusting, I'm not going to try it. You cannot taste the bitterness in this IPA. It's pretty light uh, and it's pretty uh, crisp, as they would say, and uh, pretty fruity or citrusy, I guess. Um, But it doesn't go down like an IPA. It's not like you're going to take a drink and taste the earth or anything. Like you can with some of the stronger IPAs, it's going to taste really good. It looks like it's going to be heavy like a stout, but of course it's not. So I would suggest this one. I gave it, uh, I think I gave it a 3.75 on Untapped, and that's how many pint glasses I'm going to give it here. An Amish baby machine. I uh, would recommend you go out and find Level 92 from Keweenaw Brewing Company out of Michigan. It's uh, a black label with gold lettering on the can
1: so is there graphics or is just lettering just powerful typography
0: no there is uh graphics as well i just pulled it up looks like like a mining like you know you get those miners you see in movies miners like just stuffed in a in a skip ready to go down a couple of levels like dig dug of the earth like dig dug yes
1: powerful miner
0: they, uh, it's pretty, pretty cool. It's all gold. You won't, you can't miss it. If you just see like a sleek black can with gold on it, uh, it's probably level 92. Cowena is the most prominent lettering on the can. So they really like their name because they put their, their name of their brewery bigger than the name of the beer itself on there.
1: Now, where is this out of what city?
0: It's out of Houghton, Michigan.
1: Houghton, Michigan.
0: H- Houghton, Michigan or Houghton, Michigan. It's kind of spelled like Houston without the, yeah. Yes. Like
1: think of Houston
0: without the S. Yes. And with an extra U in it.
1: Houston, we have a spelling problem. Yes. Powerful.
0: Yes. So go out and get it. I I want the flock to get it. And it's from Michigan and I got it in Minnesota. So it's available uh, to many people out there.
1: No, you said it's level 42?
0: Level 92.
1: No. Level 42 is a powerful 80s band. Do they make a beer? No, but they have a powerful song. Level 42, but that's not Song of the Day.
0: That's not Song of the Day.
1: No, it's not. Let's uh, segue into Song of the Day so we don't forget. All right. How does that make you feel?
0: Oh, I see what you
1: did there. How does it feel? Go ahead. Take it away, Mike Rez. Song of the Day.
0: Song of the Day. The one and only Blue Monday by New Order. Everybody knows New Order is an English rock band. Uh, They released this single, Blue Monday, on March 7th, 1983. And uh, they also re-released it in 1985. It uh, appeared on uh, certain cassettes and CD versions of the band's second studio album, Power, Corruption, and Lies. Now, if you don't remember Power, Corruption, and Lies, uh, the album cover itself was a cool old floppy disk On the cover of one of those five and a quarter inch ones, Dags. And uh, it came with a color code along the side of it. And uh, if you could find a way to decipher that color code, it would actually give you the name of the band um, and the name of the album as well. And I think what else would it give you? Oh, the the name of the artist and song. So that's what that would do. We should do some.
1: Yeah, we should do some riddle for our next movie giveaway. You think so? Yes, come up with a powerful riddle.
0: Oh, man. Answer these questions three. A riddle of
1: the Leon Spinks or something like that. (laughs) Leon Spinks. Or Michael Spinks. Whatever one you want.
0: (laughs) The original single uh, was the biggest hit. It was top 10 in a lot of countries. Uh, New Zealand, it peaked at number two, Dags. And then it spent 74 weeks in the top fifty that was spread across three different years. And in nineteen eighty-eight, the remix reached number three on the British chart and number four in Australia. And it also topped the dance chart here in the United States. It was also kind of like the segue from disco into the dance club type of music. Um, that kind of when that in between time when it wasn't quite sync wave yet and it wasn't quite new wave and and uh, disco was kind of dying because Disco Duck was taken over, and <laughs> everyone was dancing on that for some weird reason. Uh, so that's when New Order' Blue Monday came out, and uh, it was a hit.
1: No, it's funny you mention disco because that that drum beat, you know, that's from Donna Summer's song. Really? Yes, powerful, powerful sampling. They ripped off
0: the other part, the the B side of the of the album, which is the beach. Part of Blue Monday is the instrumental to that song.
1: And also, another powerful sample is from Kraftwerk. That's crazy. Yeah, and they are the godfathers of electronic music. And I was lucky enough to get to enjoy them in concert. <laughs> a powerful German band, basis for a lot of hip hop early uh, samples. If you go look into the discography of uh, Kraftwerk, it's just amazing the stuff they did. A lot of the stuff, the analog stuff, they had a hard time recreating it live because of all the you know mass of equipment. And now it's easier with all these uh, micronized electronics. But back then, that was a big deal to tour with all that gear. So craftwork, they sampled craftwork in that song, Blue Monday. Also, a big sample is uh, Clint Eastwood movie. That down, 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 down. that's from a uh, spaghetti western.
0: It's full of dollars
1: yeah a few dollars more i think
0: oh geez that was close
1: isn't that amazing though
0: that's awesome when it's kind of funny yeah when you think they, about
1: it it makes sense doesn't it when you hear that guitar yeah. riff
0: yeah it's kind of nice like they not little well, nice funny whatever you want to call it interesting some of these old songs and you listen to it and then you find out it's like oh yeah they borrowed that from 1963 episode of leave it to beaver yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like oh man that's crazy.
1: No, yeah, and it's really cool when you you hear a song and then you pass music experiences and you or ones that you know you haven't heard yet. You know, you kind of make a picture of the song, and then when someone brings up the other samples, and then you hear it a different way, it kind of makes a whole the song totally different, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, it does because I mean, now you're because you're listening to it now in a different for a different reason, and you're listening for a different you know get a different aspect to listen to it which kind of makes it cool because now you're listening for it in a different way instead of just having it in round in the background or thinking that this song is really groovy
1: yeah there's a really good youtube video that breaks it down talks about you know the bassist and recreating all those sounds and the keyboardist she had a you know put all that together and i guess she like screwed up some of the notes on there i forget exactly how it went down and then that gave it a, a different sound too so it's kind of weird that song is just, like I said, a hodgepodge of a bunch of different songs all thrown together.
0: Right. It looks like they, uh, I just see here, too, they composed it on a prototype step-time sequencer in binary code. That was uh, part of the, the original song, too.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the problem when we're they were doing the sequencing. I think that's, I remember right, that's how it got screwed up. Oh. It was kind of like a happy mistake.
0: Sure. And, of course, it was covered, I think, the one that everybody heard back in the late 90s, early 2000s. I know I danced on some some speakers at some clubs in downtown Minneapolis, the one by Orgy. That one was a little angrier version of the original version. I think uh, people can go listen to that one. That would, The flock would be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. It, uh, that was a more angrier version of Blue Monday.
1: Yeah, it's kind of weird because, you know, it used to be Joy Division, then the guy died, and then New Order grew out of that.
0: It's kind of weird what bands come out of other bands whose members have died.
1: Yeah, sometimes. uh, Yeah, sometimes. Pearl Jam. Yes.
0: That's all I got. Go ahead.
1: That's all you have about Pearl Jam?
0: (laughs) Yep, that's all I got. (laughs)
1: Wow. Thank you for that powerful, in-depth look into the music of Pearl Jam.
0: I want the flock to go look it up. I can't do everything. I, wow. I mean, I could.
1: Apparently, but... you can't. Yeah, but it's kind of <laughs> weird when a band loses, like, like a lead singer. That's usually a you know, that's it. Like the Doors, right? But then you think of like AC/DC. They reinvented themselves.
0: Right, they kept chugging along. Yeah, it was Jerry Garcia's band? Was it the the Grateful Dead? They're still going.
1: The Grateful Dead, Powerful Jam Band. And,
0: uh, what about Leonard Skinner? Like seven eighths so of that band died in a plane crash or something, a helicopter crash, and they're they're still they were still touring for a long time after that.
1: Yeah, I mean we're we're talking about Rush. Obviously, the drummer Neil Peart passing. But a lot of people don't know unless you know, unless you're a Rush fan, that he was not the original drummer. Who was the
0: original drummer?
1: John Rusty. Oh man, you did know him. Who's on the it's the first album. Neil obviously wrote a lot of the music, so the music went a whole different direction. And I just saw a recent article and it's you know, and those dudes are getting old too, so Getty Lees. He can't do that high falsetto anymore of his voice, so oh, that's I think too bad. That, yeah, I think that's gonna be it. But I still would like maybe even a one time Thing to get a young drummer in there and crank out some of that music.
0: What if they do what uh Journey did and just go to the Philippines and get their next lead singer?
1: Yeah, that's kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I would like to see Steve Perry come back, and then you, you got he would? what's that? Think he would? Well, I never thought Sting would get back together with the Police. Yeah. And I and I got to see the reunion tour of that, so that was cool.
0: That would be cool. I'd like to see Sting with the Police or without the Police.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, you know, Sting was an egomaniac, but then I think he, I can't remember what happened. If he got a divorce, and it kind of took him down a notch, because I realized he
0: wasn't tough shit.
1: Well, he's very talented, but you know, I think when you get older, you kind of mellow out. And then they got back together, and then it's kind of weird. You know, you talk about drummers like Keith Moon of the Who when he died. I mean, that was a big part of their. Sound was Keith Moon his theatrics and the way he drummed and the distinctive quality, but they moved on.
0: Right. It probably depends on how much love your contract you have left with your record label, doesn't it?
1: I mean wow
0: you gotta imagine that there's probably members of the band that are like, all right, well this we should probably try something else and the record label's probably like, oh no, no, you have three more albums you have yeah. to pick
1: up for us. But I mean to re- replace Keith Moon, that's a big deal. Right. I mean, he's a huge part of the, their sound, you know. It's not like some background bassist or something. Yeah, like you a know,
0: studio musician or something. Yeah,
1: but the Who, I mean, John Entwistle, they, every one of their great bands, you know, every one of the members is typically a great player. Kind of weird that the Who kept on, but then, you know, Led Zeppelin, John Bonham, you know, arguably the best drummer in the world, you know, goes back and forth, but He's a powerful rock drummer. Anyway, I don't care whose list, you know, where you have him ranked on your on your list. But, you know, obviously when he passed, that was it.
0: Yeah, didn't they bring his kid in to tour with him for a while?
1: Yes. And then he got he got together with Paul Van Halen. I mean, let's talk about that, too. I mean, I don't yeah.
0: <laughs> Talk about trading. Yeah, changing yeah I mean, singers. I was going to say
1: Sammy, Sammy Hagar, you know, that Jason Bonham got together with them made some sweet music
0: could they drive 55 after that no no oh, that's too bad
1: what is your favorite sammy hagar song by the way
0: well i can't track 55 as much as people like to dump on that one a little bit i actually do like that one that was one that uh apparently when i was interning at a local radio station they didn't like playing that that one quite a bit but when once a year they would used to go through their their uh library a to z their music library And that would be the only time they were allowed to play I Can't Drive 55 when they got to the the H's for Sammy Hagar. So I got to hear that one once a year, usually. But I I like that one. And of course, you know, anything he did with Van Halen, I'm not, I won't turn the radio off if I hear a a Van Hagar song.
1: Yeah. Well, it's weird because he totally changed the vibe of Van Halen. You know, before they were, there was nothing really about love. And then no. all, all his songs are all they're always about love. Yeah, I mean even his solo stuff like your love is driving me crazy and kind of weird how it went in a different direction. And then they had that other guy. <laughs> I don't even know what was his name. <laughs> I don't think anyone he, can I, remember. He his lasted name. like well,
0: two, they had two months or something. Yeah, exactly. Let's find out what his name is because I'm kind of curious what it is. I'm looking it up right it's now. It's kind of like
1: Wham. Uh, everyone knows George Michael, but no one can remember the other dude's name. <laughs>
0: Uh, Gary Sharon.
1: Gary Sharon. What band was he from again? I always get mixed up. It's uh, extreme or what was it? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, extreme. Yes.
1: Powerful. (laughs)
0: From Massachusetts.
1: Massachusetts.
0: Yeah, that's the problem, right there. Is it? Can't trust anyone from Massachusetts
1: can't drive 55 in massachusetts no nope. yeah that...
0: yeah he didn't last very long Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> one album Oh, uh, one one album yep that was it
1: how so... many did you have know, the thing in front of you how many albums did sammy make powerful research by microsoft that's
0: right we're we're on top of it yes oh. by,
1: by the way fans flock of amish thank you for listening and please check out our merch amishbabymachine.com also, follow us on Twitter, at AmishBeeMachine. We're on Instagram. and Check out our powerful YouTube channel. We're growing leaps and bounds, and we need your help. Please subscribe. Click like. Just check out our videos. We're going to need you to do that. Also, if you get a chance, leave, leave a rating on our powerful podcast. We are available everywhere. Find podcasts are found. Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean. You name it, we're there. What'd you find out, Micah
0: You're going to love this. The uh, Wi-Fi at the uh, assistant manager house is not fast right now, and it's not coming up. That you're, whole time you were talking, it was not. Nothing was moving.
1: completely useless, Micah Hold
0: Although we're trying something else really quick. Oh, here we go.
1: All right, we're going.
0: Okay, so in total, Sammy Hagar has done 26 albums. Whoa. Um, let's look to see what the... Van Halen he he did one two three only three albums with Van Halen. whoa he did uh for unlawful carnal knowledge balance OU8 one that's how you pronounce it uh, and those went four times platinum three times platinum and three times platinum
1: How about 5150
0: 5150 oh there it is right there so four albums um 51 51 six times platinum yes that was 1986 he was in a band called montrose yes yes and then he went solo yes and then he did uh agar sean Aronson, and shreve that was uh looks like four members in that band um and then a van halen and then he went solo again and dropped a solo album after van halen and then did van halen what was
1: his he had like Circle, or what was the name of that band with Jason Bonham?
0: Sammy yeah. Hagar and The Circle. Yes. They released an album last uh, two years ago now, so in 2019, called The Space Between, with Jason Bonham, Michael Anthony, and Vic Johnson. Yes. Yeah, so, like Sammy and Vic Johnson shared lead vocal.
1: Yeah, I don't know what happened with Michael Anthony in the fallout with uh, Eddie Van Halen. I don't know if you heard anything about that, but I
0: know they had. Uh, yeah, they had some issues. He was they were he was their guitarist for a long time, and then and then he was they were like, "See you later."
1: Yeah, he was douchebag bassist, and <laughs> apparently he, Eddie said he couldn't play anymore, or which, yeah, which seems weird because he played with them all that time.
0: Yeah, he, they played on a, on a few, uh, well, actually quite a few albums, and then he was with Sammy Hagar on... Yeah. But some of his the Hagar uh solo stuff afterwards. Yeah. Of course, they were in a band called Chicken Foot Together. Yes. Um, and then he was with them on the Sammy Hagar in the circle. And then it looks like he was with them and did like something, uh, was it Sammy Hagar and Friends or something like that? <laughs> so he was did something on that. So but yeah. That yeah. was it Was kind of like a clearing van halen did there for a little bit which was kind of a weird thing to do but i guess oh. when you're around people that long you want well, a I th- fresh start well i think
1: a lot of those creative people you know they, there's a lot of stuff going on
0: mm-hmm.
1: i mean i think the core was eddie and his brother alex you know right so everyone else was on the outside so that's what's so weird about rush too they went so long you know on their friendship between alex and Getty lee and Neil, right. Neil, I think Neil was always an outsider. He never hung out with them. As, I don't think he was really friends with them.
0: He was, they were his paycheck, basically.
1: Well, I don't know. There's more to it than that. But, I mean, he obviously, you know, wrote, wrote the lyrics for Rush and put them in right. a whole different direction. You know, they were kind of like an Iron Maiden, Led Zeppelin kind of wannabe band. And he put them down the progressive rock angle. They went from rock and progressive rock, and they added keyboards. But I don't think he was ever really tight with those guys. It's, it's just kind of a weird thing. So I think with Van Halen, too, you know, it was the two brothers. And then, obviously, you know, they had the singer and then bassist. So, and they kept changing, you know. So I don't know. Weird deal.
0: Musicians, I tell you. It's not like podcasts. Podcasters stay together forever.
1: Yeah, it's not like I've had different co-hosts or anything. No, not
0: at all. <laughs> <laughs> Would I be the uh, Sharon? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, <you're> the,
0: the, <laughs> I'm going to start writing songs called Hole in My Heart yes. or something. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, oh, God.
1: Uh, you'll be interviewed on some YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was a cigarette in my hand yeah. talking about the good days and how I hate you or something.
1: <laughs> now Mike, Rez, do you have any solo projects right now? What are you working on? <laughs> <laughs> I went back to the 945 show. <laughs> how is the 945 show by the way?
0: Uh, tell us about your tell right us now.
1: about your side projects.
0: All right, well, the 945 show, the last episode I did was with uh, Graybeat um who is a local musician here in the Twin Cities. Um, and then I've kind of kind of gone on hiatus uh, for now, and it'll probably pick back up in the spring or summer because um, I'm also doing high school sports, which is just starting to pick up again because uh, we're finally getting uh, the release from the last lockdown here in, in Minnesota. So we will uh, pick that up, and then the the music goes on standby just for a little bit, and we'll get back to the music around spring or summer. And, I've got some artists that I want to interview, so we've got emails out, and we're just waiting to hear back to get some scheduling in.
1: You should have a a podcast called Chicken Foot.
0: (laughs) That'd be pretty sweet.
1: Or instead of Circle, the Triangle.
0: The Triangle. Powerful. About uh, Mike Mike Rez and Friends.
1: (laughs) Mike Rez and Friends. (laughs) (laughs) Powerful. You know, you're talking about sports high school sports this is a powerful segue now i sent you that video on tom segura <laughs> yes stand-up comedian slash podcaster from your mom's house podcast yep <laughs> i describe that to the fans of flock of amish if you didn't see it what happened in that video
0: uh well it looked like uh tom was going up for a uh pretty easy layup and <laughs> He took himself out. He was his best defense, and uh, uh, you know they—they they have a saying in basketball that when you when you can juke somebody or shake somebody out of their shoes, they call it breaking ankles. And it looked like he broke his own ankles. On yeah, <laughs> he outsmarted himself, and uh, I think he may have gotten two inches of clearance. Maybe
1: he was actually <laughs> he was actually trying to dunk. Oh. Yes.
0: <laughs> that makes it even worse because I thought he was going in for a
1: layup. <laughs> yeah, and he just slipped and just fell like a sack of proverbial potatoes and just snapped his arm and snapped his leg.
0: Oh, God, it was – <laughs> the way he he – if it's the leg that I think that it is that he broke, then he, like, gets it tangled underneath behind his knee, like his foot, <laughs> and then he puts all of his weight on it, which – you know, it's not one of those videos that which I thought it was going to be. You know, one of those gross and disgusting leg breaking videos. But it's just a, a guy who looks like he's in the prime of his athletic career.
1: Oh yeah, really? <laughs> now, how old do you playing th- basketball? And here's the thing with this guy too. It's not like he's on his podcast. He rips people all the time, makes fun of people. So it's not like you're picking on Mr. Rogers or something. How how old do you think this dude is?
0: Oh, he's got to be in his 40s. He looks like he had to be, you know, I would guess probably somewhere between 43 and 46.
1: Yeah, he's 41.
0: Oh, okay. Well, there you go. And That's he looks close. he looks
1: like he's like 55.
0: Yeah, he does look older than 41. I, I never would have guessed 41.
1: Which is fine and everything, but I don't understand why he thinks he, he could perform <laughs> athletically. I mean, a man's got to know his limitations. What is he doing? Right. Trying to be in a dunk contest?
0: <laughs> he must. He obviously thought he could do it. I mean, he had more ambition than I think I would. Even even if at my age I wouldn't. You know, it's hard for me to get out of bed, let alone try to dunk a basketball. So it's like, yeah. Jesus. Well, guess he paid for it.
1: I have an opinion that adults shouldn't play basketball. You should re- There's a certain age where you should cut it off. Because I, I know multiple people that have massive injuries playing basketball. Do you know anyone injured playing basketball?
0: Not personally, just people I've seen on TV uh, breaking their legs and stuff. But I haven't seen it. I don't. Well, you know what? I take that back. <laughs> in high school, my brother was playing a pickup game of basketball and was kicked in the nuts so hard that uh, he almost ended up in the hospital so that was uh i guess i did see that (laughs) and i can laugh about it now for two reasons one it wasn't me and two it wasn't me so it wasn't my nuts that ended up getting kicked
1: i know two different guys acls mcls i mean it's the problem with basketball is you know you plant your feet and Uh that's it or you're jumping you come down it's too much of a stress on your body. I don't, I don't think, especially when you're 41 years old and you're way overweight.
0: Yeah. And dunking is the worst for your knees. That's the worst basketball activity you could do, <laughs> which, which, uh, you know, I guess, like you said, but I mean, if you look at them, so what are you, what are you doing? Trying to dunk? What are you doing? Even trying to play basketball? Know your limits, man.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> it's fine to shoot hoops, but
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm not playing one-on-one with anybody or, or even three-on-three. I wouldn't even do that.
1: And then he's just laying there. Oh.
0: <laughs> What's great about that uh, YouTube video, though, is that they have multiple angles. Oh, you have to.
1: <laughs> you have to do that, uh, you know, that triple edit where they always have boom, 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 you know, right. like Freddy Krueger jumps through the window three times. Yeah. yeah just for just dramatic really effect.
0: <laughs> yeah. If you, did, if you missed it the first time, here it is two more times.
1: <laughs> now, Mike Arez, me and you both enjoyed a movie, and let's get into that, Mike Arez. The Midnight Sky. Tell the fans of Flack of Amish about this film.
0: Midnight Sky, it's a science fiction film directed and starring, directed by, I should say, and starring George Clooney, the, uh, the very handsome debonair, uh, actor of Hollywood of our time, I should say, by the way, uh, it's, by yes. the way, he
1: has a beard in this film. Yes. And you guys look a lot alike. I'm just saying.
0: You think so? Cause people yes. thought we looked a lot alike when I didn't have my beard yes. in his, uh, in his early days. So that's, I, I appreciate, you know what? I might be changing some profile pictures. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, based on this movie is based on the book. Uh, good morning midnight by Lily Brooks Dalton. What it is about is George Clooney plays a scientist who is in the Arctic Circle, uh, pretty close to the North Pole, and uh, something has happened on Earth. They never say what it is, but something is going on. And uh, they kind of try to make you figure it out as you go. Everybody at this research facility in the Arctic Circle takes off, and George Clooney decides he's going to stay behind because. Wouldn't you know it? He's dying of something. So he stays behind just because doesn't really matter what happens to him because he's he's gonna be not long for this world anyway. And what ends up happening is they show him going through his day, hooking up to some weird hematological blood machine, uh kind of like a
1: uh, dialysis.
0: Dialysis machine. Uh and they uh he's he keeps uh keeps himself alive that way. He's got enough food to last them was x number of days i never go into that uh which is fine because that would just be filler anyway um and then they kind of go into his past to kind of figure out who he was he was the scientist that uh, was trying to find habitable planets in our solar system uh and he happens to discover one what uh, he ends up doing is trying to contact the last remaining space mission coming back from that planet the ether Um, and uh, it's kind of kind of interesting you would think that it it would be kind of a boring plot of a man dying by himself trying to reach a space mission coming back to earth that has no idea what's going on but it's actually pretty entertaining it kept me entertained anyway throughout the movie uh felicity jones is in this one uh she is the uh, woman from rogue one that's the one a lot of people would know her from um and uh there is a couple of uh, twists and, and plot twists in this one. I'm not going to give away. I'm going to try and trying not to, to do any spoilers this time, Dags. But we'll see if I can get through this without it. What were your feelings on this movie, or what did I miss anything that you think that the flock should know about?
1: Well, it had the typical trope of the little girl, the little kid, sure, like Newt and aliens, or that. <laughs> little fer- feral kid in uh the road warrior why do they always have to have, add kids what is that Mike Arez?
0: uh it's an annoyance basically <laughs> it's uh i guess that's they gotta say well we gotta handicap this character somehow without actually giving him a physical handicap so let's give him a kid
1: yeah i don't know it was too boring to keep my attention Mike Arez.
0: Oh, really? You didn't like
1: it? Uh, no, and I didn't like him with the beard.
0: I feel offended by that, yes. for some reason. Yeah.
1: Lose the beard, George Clooney. <laughs> George yeah, Clooney I... peaked on Facts of Life.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: Yes, you remember him that on Facts little, of Life, was right? a little
0: bit ago. Yeah, he was like the janitor or handyman or something. Joe,
1: yeah, Joe. Joe's yeah, boyfriend? Yeah, Joe Pulnichek, yes.
0: Yeah. That was, you know, uh, looking I back, I don't
1: before. think she really had boyfriends back then, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I mean let's get real.
0: Why because she was too busy with her schoolwork?
1: Yes. Too busy with yeah. her schoolwork. Thank you, Mike Garez.
0: My uh favorite episode of Facts of Life, if we wanna you know, kinda take a right turn here quick, was when uh Tootie thought Mrs. Garrett was drunk, but her eyes were just really dilated from her doctor appointment. <laughs> so, <laughs> she told everybody Mrs. Garrett was drunk and Mrs. Garrett almost lost her job. So, Tootie was pretty funny. Tootie.
1: Yep. Powerful, yeah. So, facts of life once starred Molly Ringwald. That's a little trivia for you.
0: Oh, that's right. She was in there,
1: wasn't yes. she? She was on roller skates. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you talk about going off on a tangent. I could go off on a tangent. On Mr. <laughs> Drumming, God, I love Mr. Drumming. uh world don't move. Yes, oh my god, wasn't that so? And the song was created by Alan Thick, as you mentioned on a past podcast.
0: That's right, but
1: we don't look back; we only look forward. Whoa! Good job. (laughs) At least someone's paying attention. Now back to the back to the movie, the Midnight Mm -hmm. Sky. It wasn't horrible; it was just a little too boring. I didn't like the beard on him. (laughs) I mean, his whole deal is he's his whole deal. The appeal of George Clooney, besides the obvious of good looking, is you know he has that uh, charisma. You know the smile and the look. You know like. uh, What's the the dirty dozen? What was that one with the the Vegas movie? Help me out. Oh, uh the
0: uh, oceans yeah, Ocean's Ocean, Eleven. Yeah,
1: Ocean's Eleven. I mean, he was cool yeah. in that. That's to me, that's George Clooney, swab and debonair, you know, Batman. Right. But in this movie as a grizzled old dude, I didn't like it.
0: Yeah, he uh apparently he lost some weight for this film. Yes. And he- did it the wrong way and ended up in the hospital after shooting this movie.
1: Well, that's method acting. That's cool. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. So he, uh, he, he took this, uh, getting ready for this role pretty, pretty seriously. He did look, like somebody who was sick throughout this movie i mean you could just tell he was in a little bit of pain and maybe it was because of the way he lost his weight who knows
1: yeah but couldn't he be sexy and sick maybe we could do that next time
0: that's uh that's what my goal is to be a sexy sick person yes
1: exactly that's what people want sexy and sick (laughs) you know and i do like the arctic that's it's a cool backdrop for sci-fi movies obviously the thing Mm -hmm. was awesome and there's that other one I can't remember. What was the one where the guy was stranded on the plane?
0: The movie you are thinking of Daggs is the 2018 Icelandic survival
1: film The Arctic. Was that you or an old co-host where we talked about yeah, that?
0: That was that was probably David Lee Ross.
1: Yes. <laughs> it, was, it was probably that Filipino guy that I used to have.
0: Right. The one you found in the karaoke bar.
1: <laughs> Dags and friends. <laughs> Anyway, I do um, like I do like the setting setting of the Arctic as a cool, mysterious sci-fi. But this one just didn't do it for me. Too boring, too cliched, too too many tropes. Whatever words you want to use, <laughs> they didn't. They they should have showed the cool disaster too. You know.
0: Well, that's that would that's like the only thing that I, I didn't like. Um, there was too many. Like, I guess george clooney was directing it i don't know who wrote it but uh there was too many what ifs where they leave it up to you to decide what happens yeah or what what happened and that that i don't like i kind of like things that get buttoned up and there's too many you know what the hell happened to this part and that part you know
1: you know all the politics and everything you know climate change and everything but I mean, don't they realize you just go to another planet and you just do the same shit over there? I mean, it's, like, I mean, it's so stupid. Humanity, right. we're, we're the same everywhere. It doesn't matter what group, whatever you label. You change stuff, you vote someone in, you vote them out. We're, huma- we're humans. We're going to do the same shit on another planet. We're going to vote the same people back in or back out. Just fucking grow up, people, goddammit. Just enjoy the ride. Stop trying to change shit. Wow. Let us talk. Let us just eat <laughs> food and eat, drink, and be merry, Mikearez.
0: Hey, I've been trying to do both right now. So powerful. Yes. Well, what would you give it? Well, what do you? How many buggy wheels would, would you give uh, this one?
1: Two point five.
0: Ooh. How about okay. you? Okay, I'm going. I'm going with three buggy wheels.
1: Oh, I thought you. The way you talked, you would have gave it a higher score. No,
0: it's the it's the part I just mentioned. I I like it and I I might watch it again uh, just because there's other people in the assistant manager house that didn't see it, that want to watch it. Um, And it's, it's the, you know, the what ifs that bugged me. There was too many what ifs that they would have buttoned one or two of those up. They maybe would have gotten a 3.25 or a three and a half, but uh, yeah, uh, I gave it a three, but I'm I'm probably going to end up watching it again. So it might, it might end up getting higher. I mean, who knows?
1: Yeah. I think if you would have had someone else do it, punch it up a little bit, Maybe you have George Clooney more sexy. I don't know.
0: What <laughs> it's uh, funny is, so they released it in the theater, Limited, on December 11th. It was released on Netflix because it's a Netflix movie on, I think, Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. And because of the limited release and everything going on right now, Dax, can you guess what the box office up to right now has been on that one?
1: $11 million.
0: Ooh, so not close. A lot lower. I'll give you two more chances. And Three I'll million. Lower.
1: $250,000.
0: Lower. Can you believe that? $62,557 at
1: Whoa. the box office. <laughs> he's going to have to sell more <laughs> of his booze, right? His tequila or whatever <laughs> he's making. You.
0: $100 million budget. And it made sixty two thousand five hundred and fifty seven so far. I'm about, sure they it's this net Netflix movie. They're making some money back subscriptions. But
1: how about irradiated, mutated polar bears try to break into the his Arctic uh, oh, refuge? Man. What do you think of that?
0: That would have been pretty sweet. I thought we were going to get something in one part of the the movie where we were going to find something like that, but it turned out to be nothing really. But
1: powerfully mutated, irradiated polar bears.
0: What about polar bears that throw penguins? Yes. That would be pretty yes.
1: cool. Yes. Powerful penguins. Are they like do they join forces or they just pick up random penguins and just throw? They just
0: them? picks up random penguins. Okay. You can't join forces that. <laughs> well, I thought on, maybe be realistic.
1: They, well, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, they would have to just pick up random penguins lying around.
1: Powerful. Thank you Rez, for that powerful recap of the Powerful movie. The midnight sky. Do you have a good time tonight, Micah
0: I always have a good time, Dags. How about you?
1: Always. We uh enjoy everyone that listens to this powerful podcast. Thank you very much. Check us out on Twitter at Amish B Machine. Make sure you go to YouTube, subscribe there. Check us out on Instagram. I do have I just hit the thrift store again, Micah Rez.
0: I saw that. You got some good stuff.
1: Oh my god, I got multiple Spider-Mans. I got that cool bank, a Batman bank. You're going to need to check that out, Instagram. And we just ask you one thing, fans, Flock of Amish, please tell a friend about our podcast.